0: Hello and welcome to the Vorthos Cast. I'm Lorelai Weisel Labrizzi,
1: and I'm Chris Delano.
0: And that's it. It's it's just us. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been talking about Dominaria a lot, or I guess by we I mean like the Royal Podcast we, because I've been here like <laughs> only half the time. Um, <laughs>
1: you you speak for the podcast. It's a we with a capital W.
0: I'm, I'm like the Lorax, but like the lore parts, but like lore, L-O-R-E, get it? That's, uh, that's, that's a name pun and a flavor pun, all in one. And that rhymes, because we're doing Dr. Seuss now, apparently.
1: I mean, it's fitting, considering the preview's going on right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, we just need to wrap up this introduction with some Wensler self-cest from those, uh, age-old Tumblr days, oh, and then we're good. Uh
1: why did you do that? Why did you summon that memory to my mind? This is psychic damage. you've attacked me
0: I've attacked everybody <laughs> i I am dangerous. I am a cognito hazard. My voice inspires madness in all who listen uh this is this is big Merit age energy, which is really topical for some reason uh, <laughs> mostly the reason that uh we are taking a break uh, a little bit. Of a break from Dominar United to talk about something that wrapped up months ago that we just like haven't had the time to do an episode on, and that is the four issue, um, uh, comic. There we go. That's the word it was looking mm-hmm. for. The <laughs> four issue comic, the little mini series called "The Hidden Planeswalker." I think we covered the first one like ages yeah, ago. Yeah, we
1: we did like an episode about the first one that came out. I think like the day after or something like the issue released or like the week after like we, we released an issue about it really soon um, and that was the last time we've talked about it so it's been a very long time
0: yeah no the whole thing finished a couple of months ago it was great and so we're just going to recap all four of those episodes but uh before we start that the only real news thing is that we're still in the midst of Unfinity previews. Actually, midst. I think they're almost over. I think the full spoiler goes up in the next couple of days. I think, like, Tuesday or Wednesday is when it's supposed to be done. I don't remember. And <laughs> I could, I guess, click on the article right now. But I'm pretty sure it's one of those days. And we're just going to margin of error this. Uh, good scientific study. Uh, so... <laughs> uh this has been been fun um this looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun to to draft like uh unstable was uh you know we we have our new uh player representative card we have a fourth card finally cards very sweet
1: they made a card just for our podcast i am Uh so happy Uh, i did actually have a friend send me uh the card and say did they make a card for your podcast yeah sort (laughs) of like i was like "Eh, i mean kind of yeah
0: not like specifically our podcast, but like it's our arena of uh, of magic fandom, so it's, it's it's certainly representative of the people on the podcast and hopefully a lot of our listeners. So, uh, yeah, no, the, we got we got robot space Bellerin. We've got a dog who's a planeswalker. We've got aliens and clown robots and amusement park rides. It's all very silly. Um, I, I really like the onset so much better when they have a tight thematic focus and this being like a, a space amusement park slash circus, but with a lot of like fifties and sixties sci-fi vibes, like real pulpy Flash Gordon-y type stuff. Um, it's been real fun. Um, we we'll, i I think we have a flavor gems episode for it in our schedule. I'm very excited to to get to that. Um,
1: they they put Jay Speller in an astronaut suit and gave him a gun. Yeah, like this is and, and you can play that card in Legacy. You can play that card in any format where uh the, like extended, not extended. Eternal, what are they called? Eternal formats. eternal format. Yeah, so you can play it in Commander. Uh, Legacy, Vintage, you can play a Space Bellerin deck. Uh, you can also play the Dog in Legacy, Vintage, and Commander without like having to ask you. You can play anything you want in Commander. Uh, in my opinion, nothing should stop you unless it's like, you know, a rude thing to do to people. Like, don't make people buy you drinks in your Commander deck. But uh, you can uh, you can play Space Bellerin, and no one can stop you.
0: Uh, incorrect. Anyone who has. Three mana open, two of which are at least black, and a hero's downfall can stop you.
1: Oh god, this means people can kill the dog. Oh god. They didn't think about that. There's removal spells, you can just kill the dog.
0: There are literally dozens and dozens of dogs in Magic, and you can kill them too. Yeah, but none of them are good boys that live in space. This is a space dog. I- I'll admit, you got me there. Ugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. I, yeah, I'm really loving Inf- Infinity. It's looking really fun.
0: We, we need a Nyx-born dog so Theros can have a space dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get talking about this comic then. Um, yeah. By Marigreed Scott and...
1: Yeah, it's written by Marigreed Scott and illustrated by Fabiana Muscalo. That's
0: um, the one. But
1: also, like, a lot of people... Um, This was definitely one of those cases where there's multiple artists directly working on a issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think Fabiana Mascalo gets the like headliner of the art. But like like any good piece of media, you know, an untold number of hands have touched it. So it's uh, it's real beautiful, though. It's got some of my favorite like, just color and line work in any of the comics we've had so far. It's Mm -hmm. just beautiful.
0: Uh, It has, I think, my favorite faces. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my...
1: The Dina face from issue one. It's so good. Uh,
0: The Dina face from literally every issue. She has fantastic faces throughout the entire thing. But we can talk about Dina being in this comics. Chris, why don't you start with episode issue one. Issue one. You know how comics work.
1: So I'm going to do a recap of issue one. Uh, (laughs) My... My recommendation is you go back and listen to our first episode about this uh, because we go into really deep detail about what happens in issue one. But essentially, uh, Liliana is teaching at Strixhaven. We already know this from the core universe, but also from the previous like 10 issues of the boom comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some punk is like real rude to her in class and like says she's like never been in a real fight or that she's like washed up. He Just a rude punk kid.
0: He basically tells her to touch grass.
1: Yeah, and then Liliana doesn't murder the student, which is surprising in her restraint. Uh, But she does, like, give a nice little speech and walks away. And uh, Tezzeret attacks her in her office because Tezzeret is after something in her memories. And Liliana, like, doesn't really know exactly what it is at first, but she figures it out. Uh, She uh, raises some, like, dead pests who were in, like, a jar and they attack Tesseret, and Tesseret's such a little weenie that he just planeswalks walks away from the pests. He like he's like scared of the dead pests for some reason. Uh Liliana realizes that the memory that Tezzeret was trying to get is this like flash of a memory she had when she was connected to Merit Lage very briefly uh on Amonkhet and it's like this memory of some figure standing in ice yelling at Merit Lage and uh this figure is really like clearly interesting. and so Liliana is like, Tezzeret wants that information. Uh, also, Dina and Dean Kyan are in the the story. They're there. Um, <laughs> Dean Cayenne is like Liliana's buddy, very like you know how for, like teacher friends. She's like a work friend. Uh, and Dina is one of Liliana's like bright students who like loves Liliana, and she's actually the one who like shows up right after Tezeet's attacked her. Uh, and so we leave off that issue with like D- uh, Dina walking in on, on uh, Liliana and being like, Hey, are you okay? And Liliana like, I will be. And then, yeah, that's issue one.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Liliana and uh, Kian relationship here because it's, it's goth necromancer biology teacher and bubbly physics teacher. Uh, and like, There's clearly a lot of respect between them, but they're very different people, and I like when people who are very different people get along like this. Uh, It's great. Dina's adorable. Every one of her faces is fantastic. They're so expressive and delightful. She is... I like those five Strixhaven kids. Not to be those are my children because I worked on that set and helped uh, you know, do a lot of the work bringing them to the public, but I really like those kids.
1: I miss them so much. I uh-huh. I hope that, you know, we've seen Dina in a picture from Arch of the Machine. I think it would be really cool if we got to visit those five students again uh, in an upcoming set.
0: I forgot that she's in that in that key art.
1: Yeah, if uh, if they're like loosed upon the multiverse, I think it would be very fun. I'd love to see these like characters out on other planes doing some like field trips or something. Um, so that's speculation that I can make that you can't. Anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I always like forget that that key art exists. That's a that sure is a piece of key art. Whole mm-hmm. lordy. Uh I'm very excited for March of <laughs> the Machine. <laughs> um but instead we're going to talk about issue 2 of the Hidden Planeswalker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Liliana meets with uh, Dina and Kian to uh, figure out a plan how to find uh, this this person from her vision. Um, they deduce that it's got to be a planeswalker, but Liliana's like, I'm a terrible researcher.
1: No, 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 no. Liliana does not say she's a terrible researcher. Dean Kian is like, you are a terrible researcher. <laughs> She's the one who calls out Regardless, Liana. It's
0: true. Uh, yeah. And so, like, dina Dina's big function in the Hidden Planeswalker is plucky, brilliant student who knows everything because she knows how to use, uh, you know, the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, in her research, Dina digs up some uh, information about a Planeswalker named Zona Maeve, who is... Um, uh, connected to Merit Lage and uh, looking to help her people on a plane called Ikan um, A-Y-K-A-N with uh, a certain madness similar to uh, what was seen in Merit Lage's cultists um, and oh no Tezzeret has been spying because that's what he does because he's sneaky
1: He's also wearing sunglasses in this art where like it shows him spying on her, which I just think is the most Tezzeret thing. Like He's got these like shades on. It's very funny.
0: Tezzeret feels like he's in the constant state of a midlife crisis.
1: <laughs> he's definitely in a crisis. You
0: know he drives like...
1: An oval chase dragster. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I was like... He bought like a two door sport coupe version of a sedan to make him feel young and fast. And it's just like, buddy, that car is just not cool. Uh, but he doesn't care. And like, that's the vibes I get from Tezzeret constantly.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel yeah. like dirt bag is a very good way to describe <laughs> him.
0: Uh huh. um, so Liliana walks to Iken, and, uh, wow, it turns out this place is awful. Everyone is presumably dead. Uh, they're all frozen in ice. Um, uh, the, the literal, the entire plane is just a sheet of ice with all the people frozen in it, and, um, she tracks down, uh, what is maybe the corpse of Izona, um, and she uh, she's like, hmm, I can sense a little bit of a living person in there. Let's break this chick out of the ice since apparently she's like the whole reason for this this whole mystery. Um, but oh no, the spy tesseret followed her because um, Tesseret gets what he wants uh, <laughs> and that is direction to uh, this person that he's trying to find for mysterious reasons, because that's also Zona.
1: He's got plots within plots. You know, Tezzeret has got a plan for Everything's planned out meticulously very far in advance. Nothing's done on the fly.
0: (laughs) Uh, So he and Liliana have one of their very many battles. Um, If I thought that ship was any good, I'd say it's flirting, but I don't think you should ship anyone with Tezzeret. He's a miserable human being. Uh, <laughs> um and Tezar has the upper hand uh until Pop Azona cracks out of the ice and uh saves Liliana's life in turn for essentially saving hers. That's that's where issue 2 leaves off.
1: Issue 2 has got like a couple of really good moments for Liliana where she um when she's like reaching out to try and help Azona, she like is monologuing and thinking to herself like, could I actually save someone? Could I finally do something good for once? Uh, And then Tezzeret just like shoots her in the back with a laser. Because of (laughs) course. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's like Liliana's on this mission to like save someone and like be a healer kind of, Um, which is like the fun thing.
0: Yeah. So like, I've always liked that Liliana has played in the space where like, the wide gray area between being a healer and being a necromancer. That's like literally just her backstory. And so we get to play in that space a little bit here. And that's fun.
1: It is one of my favorite tropes is the line between necromancy and healing magic being very thin. Uh-huh. You know, it's really just the the space of a heartbeat, depending on which one you're doing. Uh, but yeah, issue two was really, or uh, really fun. And also like, Kind of gave us some answers in the sense that we kind of know now that the hidden planeswalker is Isona Maeve. Also, brand new planeswalker character. Yeah. Which this is the first time we've had that in the comics so far. uh, Is a like brand new planeswalker character in this magic canon. Uh, She does not exist in the magic lore of, you know, the canon universe yet.
0: Yeah, uh, well, we'll, it was cool. I I would. You know, we'll talk, I guess, a little bit about her after we're finished. So, I'm actually just going to save that comment and talk about issue three. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liliana and Izona fight off Tezzeret uh, and he retreats. Um, we learn what Izona's powers are. She is essentially a power mirror. Uh, she can do nothing on her own magically. Uh, she can only... Uh, Impact other people's powers, whether it's uh, amplifying them, or decreasing them, or redirecting them, or copying them. Um, she she is essentially a, a magic mirror of 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 magic, a mirror a prism a prism yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's cool. No, and and like we haven't had a planeswalker with that kind of power anywhere before in like all of magic history. And so that's really cool that we just have a planeswalker with a really tightly defined power that we've never seen on a planeswalker before. So, uh, big, big fan of that. Um, she has like kind of light crystal magic type effects. It's neat. Uh, and so she goes back, she's, uh, she's very young, um, and goes back to, uh, Strixhaven with Liliana Uh, And she's kind of uh, there and is, like, being taken care of by Liliana and Kian and Dina. Um, But, like, she's impatient. She just came out of the ice. And she's like, okay, but, like, Merit Lage, though? And Dina's like, oh, yeah, she's, like, alive and uh, on this plane called Amonkhet. Because we had, you know, there was a plan that Liliana was a part of uh, to trap her there. Uh, and so she storms into Liliana's office and is like, how dare you? And Liliana's like, how dare I what? And she's like, Merit Lage is alive. You didn't kill her. And she's Liliana does the look. We don't have a lot. Of, we didn't have a lot of options. There is no killing her. Yeah, it might not be a temporary solution. In fact, it's probably not. But it was the best option we had. And you can't blame us for, you know, taking the most reasonable course of action to solve the marital Age problem. And Azona is pouty and storms out. And then we cut to a couple weeks later, and Liliana's like, you know, I haven't heard from that Azona girl in, like, a while now. So she goes to the library and is like, hey, Dina, where's Azona? And Dina's like, well, she's been here researching at the library, although I don't know where she is currently. Uh, she's been reading about like all kinds of old magic things. And then she goes to Kian and is like, hey, where's Azona? And Kian's like, uh, well, she's been telling me about her history on, on ICANN, the tragedy of her home, but I haven't seen her around recently. Uh, and Liana's like, yeah, what did she tell you? And, she was like, and so Kian's like, oh, that, you know, Merit Lage came to her world and started freezing everything with her ice powers and uh, you know, Zona was very brave and did everything she could to rally the very few pyromancers on her world. You know, many had died in the war against Lage. Uh, and, you know, they tried to stop her her ice powers, but, you know, the plan failed and they all got frozen. It's very, it's a shame. And Liliana's just like, ha ha ha, lol noob, that's a lie. Merit, uh, <laughs> Lage doesn't have ice powers.
1: Which is very funny because if you only know Merit Lage, you like dark depths and like uh-huh. all of her associations have always been with ice uh-huh. uh, and like the ice age and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't have ice powers. That's not Merit Lage's power set. <laughs> she doesn't have ice.
0: Yeah. Her power set is kills you, kills you, kills you, kills you, drives you insane, <laughs> makes you part of a cult. <laughs> and, and so Liliana's like, there's something up here. Um, and so she planeswalks to Iken and, and uh, goes up to, uh, a corpse that she finds frozen in the ice, uh, and does her little necromancy thing and peers into this corpse's memories, um, and learns that, uh, there was, like, a huge planar war on Iken, um, and Izona was working as, um, kind of a peacemaker between all the factions and, uh, most of the war had settled down, but there was one warlord left who was mightier than all the others, um, and and uh, Zona was like, "Hey, I need, I need some kind of power that is even greater than this wizard, you know. I I need to pull it from the ether, and so she reaches out, and um, you know, this is in in this uh, in the comics, Canon Jaya casts Merit Lage um, out of Dominaria, and she just kind of floats around the multiverse like a comet, impacting worlds and then leaving, uh, you know, when she's unsatisfied with the worship, um, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, Izona draws Lage into Iken uh, with the intent to amplify her power, Lage's powers to defeat um, the sorcerer what she doesn't know is that the, the hex that was put on Lage to keep her frozen on Dominaria is still, like, part of Merit Lage's body. And so by amplifying her Lage's power, Izona accidentally also amplifies the freezing hex. Um, and so it turns out it was her fault the whole time that literally all of Iken became a frozen hellscape.
1: Uh, Well, if you think about it, Jaya was the one who cast the Ice Hex on Merit Lake. We don't blame other
0: people for our actions. (laughs) We don't blame other people for our actions. We're going to learn that by the end of the
1: four issues, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) And Liliana's like, ah, shit, that sucks. This girl is kind of a problem. What are we going to do about this? Uh, Then we cut to Amonkhet, where Zona's like, Mm, Merit Lage, my nemesis, I hate that you're still alive. And then Tezzeret shows up and is like, be careful, she'll drive you mad within a couple minutes. And Azona's like, "Uh, yeah, I know, also you're a jerk. That lady, that that nice necromancer lady who saved me said you suck. And Tezzeret is like, yeah, well, she sucks. Also, by the way, But uh, also, she's not doing anything for you, and I'm offering you a chance to get what you want. And so he makes this deal with her that, um, you know, if she helps him out and amplifies, uh, you know, it becomes part of his project and shares her power with him, uh, that he will also, in turn, grant her the power to finally defeat Lage. And Izona, who is very single mindedly about correcting her own past mistake and ruthlessly slaughtering Merit Lage, uh, as if she could, is like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll go along with this plan, evil bastard man. And that's where issue three ends. Yeah.
1: So, uh, we've kind of been set up where, uh, we thought Azona was gonna be, like, this hero who was just defeated by Merit Lage until we all collectively remembered that, like, oh yeah, Merit Lage does not have ice powers. Uh, so... Azona's kind of a villain now. She's teamed up with Tezzeret. So issue four uh, starts off with uh, Tezzeret revealing his plan. He's got this like device, this like siphon siphon thing, and he's like, "Ah, I'm going to use this siphon to draw power from its target." Uh, he doesn't say what the target is. The implication is he means Merit Lage, but he doesn't specify that. Um, and knowing Tezzeret, he probably meant something else. Uh, and he needs a Zona to, uh, help amplify the magic. Uh, the device also looks a lot like a Phyrexian processor to me. I hope I'm not the only one who thinks that if you look at the art. Uh, so maybe Tezzeret was taking some plans from some ancient tech. Uh, also Liliana has discovered that they were on Amenket and knows that Tezzeret is with her now. So she just goes and hunts them down. Uh, Liliana uh, finds up and uh, sort of attempts to fight Tezzeret off uh, and is like, hey, get away from her. She's, you know, my my student. Uh, and Azona steps in and Tezzeret's like, kill Liliana. So they start a fight and the fight goes all the way across the multiverse. It's actually like really cool. We get panels in all these different planes. Very excellent. Uh, the like first stop is in Benalia. Uh, as we know, Liliana's hometown you know, was there before it all got destroyed, uh, in the Caligo morass. And Liliana is, uh, takes her there and goes, Hey, look, I used to live here with my family. Uh, I kind of got ahead of myself and thought I was more powerful than I was, uh, took some advice from a shady guy, uh, with birds and killed my brother and ended up like causing the downfall of my entire family. So I know what's going on. I know how you felt. I know you know your situation, uh, and then Azona's like, "I destroyed my entire world. This is not a good comparison." And you know what? That is fair. I agree, Azona. But also, like Liliana was trying to like connect with you, so maybe you should have listened. Uh, so they fight across the rest of the multiverse. They go to like Kamigawa, Ikoria, Ixalan, New Kapenna. uh, The whole time. Uh, Liliana is sort of like she's not trying to kill Azona. She's just trying to talk her out of this. She's trying to say, you need to accept your failure. You need to let your your home go. You need to move on. Merit Lage cannot be killed. She can only be contained. Uh, to which Azona uh, says, no. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> uh, they They take this fight across the multiverse and like, Azona's like, hey, look. I didn't do that to ICANN. Lage did that to ICANN. It's not my fault. I refuse to accept you know, responsibility for this. I just needed more power. She had the power. You know Nothing was going to stop me from getting it. And nothing's going to stop me now, especially not a washed up corpse monger like you. And as we learned from issue one, you don't call Liliana washed up. You don't call her you know a nobody. Uh, Liliana has taken them. On their last stop of their battle to Innistrad. Which is, you know, Liliana's, like, preferred fighting ground. Uh, she shows off a little bit. Uh, points out that she understands Azona's powers require her to make, like, a physical or, like, magic physical psychic connection of some kind with her target. And uh, Liliana's not going to let her do that anymore. She summons a bunch of undead spiders... Which are absolutely terrifying. It's great. Yeah. They're
0: (laughs) friend-shaped.
1: They're Doomweaver spiders. They uh, hunt in packs, in case you ever find yourself on Innistrad. Uh, And uh, they bite Azona and they wrap her up in some webs. And Liliana puts her away and says, You just, you stay here and think about what you've done. Uh, As she's doing that, uh, Azona's like, Well, I know your weakness, too. Uh, It's that school of yours, and I'll destroy that entire... And then Lilian just shuts her up with some webs and is like, no, stop. We're not having this conversation. You listen to me. Uh, You need to just stay here. Think about what you've done once you've cooled down and you uh, realize you can go. But uh, if you ever come from me or mine or Merritt Lage, I will kill you. Easy as that. Uh, So... Then uh, Liliana planes, walks back to Strixhaven where Dina is so very excited to see her because Dina is a wonderful student. Uh, Liliana sort of explains everything that's happened. Like she tells them everything and she feels a little bit of shame about it because like she failed. She failed Azona. She failed. I she sort of just led Tezzeret directly to what he wanted. Um, and she's kind of fighting against that shame, but she just lets herself feel it. Uh, she says that she wasn't a hero. And Dean Kayan says, uh, since when has hero been a goal? Uh Uh-huh. Just this like great little ending moment where where they they recognize, like, Liliana, you uh you wanted to make the world better. And whether or not the world thanks you for it should be irrelevant. You've saved the multiverse. Do you really need a statue? Uh Liliana sort of perks up and she realizes, like, everything she's done. Everything she's did, she's uh, everything that she's done, everything that's been sacrificed, will be for nothing if Merit Lage is released. So um, she's going to have to make sure she keeps an eye on Izona. Uh, and that's kind of where we start wrapping up. Uh, there's a cute little moment with Dean Cayenne. She's like, you know, you know, nothing lasts forever, not even death. And it's like a spooky moment. It's very cute. No one's perfect, not even the great Liliana Vess. And uh, then we cut to Tezzeret, who's like on Dominaria on like a statue of Sarah, and he's like looking for Izona, and he thinks like eventually they'll find her because uh, heroes don't kill. So Tezzeret acknowledges that Liliana is a hero. And that's the end of The Hidden Planeswalker.
0: I like it. I like Liliana. She's pretty and mean.
1: I I love the Hidden Planeswalker. I thought this was an excellent like little uh, side story to the main Boom comics, mm-hmm. and I also love Liliana a normal amount. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I so we've had like I like what a lot of the side series to the the main Boom comics have been doing with Tezzeret. He shows up a little bit in the first arc and a little bit more in the second arc as like the person kind of. Well, I guess... Spoilers, because <laughs> Spoiler. we haven't done our episodes yet. He's kind of doing a lot of bad stuff on Ravnica, because he's a villain and all. Um, but then, like, we had his one shot earlier, uh, which, you know, in, introduced him and in, in Liliana uh, a bit into this, and uh, also Jace, because he has plans with Jace for something, which, uh, we, you know, we haven't seen as much of yet. Uh, and then, you know, this this whole uh, little miniseries got to have more of his plans he is like he is kind of getting to be what seems like the big bad of the of the boom studio magic comics where yeah we've had you know marit lage as the villain of the first arc and um you know some of tezzeret's uh um hench folks uh as the villains (laughs) in the second arc um hi tibble uh,
1: Tybalt is definitely a folk. That's true. He is, he is a hinge folk.
0: And there's still just this bigger tesseract plan that we have a bunch of pieces of. uh, and I'm excited to learn more about in the next two issues of the Boom Studios comic. We should, we're actually what like two weeks away, like a week and a half away from 19. Uh, uh, first, first should be first Wednesday in October. That's soon. Yeah, it's like two weeks away. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I, I've, I really like Tezra as a villain. Um, I like that he's a villain that just gets to do awful shit. Like, he's just a bad person who does bad things. Um, and... He
1: doesn't think he's good. I think that's, like, his defining characteristic as mm -hmm. a villain. Yeah. Uh, nothing he's doing is done with this, like, air of, like, well, I'm doing the right thing, or I'm doing the greater good. Uh, which a lot of villains tend to have, you know, and, uh, he doesn't, he's aware that he's just an evil little bastard.
0: Well, he, he's amoral. It's very apparent. He, he understands that there are people who believe in, in moral and immoral behavior, but he believes that the only thing that matters is power and control. So he's like, yeah, of course people see me as the villain. Duh, I'm doing things that they think are villainous, but actually I'm just doing the only things that matter. Um... And so so he gets to be very self-aware of his positionality in kind of the ethical mindset of all his opposition. Um, and so he gets to be... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I don't want to use self-aware again because it's not exactly that comes up. He just gets to be like...
1: Unashamedly, maybe?
0: Yeah, maybe. Like he's kind of unashamedly evil, but like not... Like, it's, it's weird. He's a villain, but I it's hard to call him evil because he doesn't, like, believe... It. Like, he personally doesn't believe in evil. But he's, like, really happy to leverage Oh, I'm an evil bastard as part <laughs> of his plans and schemes and manipulations. Um, and so... I I just... I like genre-savvy characters a lot. Um, Tezzerick gets to be one of those. Uh, he is delightful to write because he's, like he is almost needlessly cruel because he's just a bad person. Like I, I love complicated villains and like Tezzeret has his sob story, right? He grew up in a horribly abusive household, uh, extremely poor, um, and literally busted his ass to get out of, uh, the slums of, uh, Esper uh, and then discovered that the whole thing that he was chasing for his success was made up, uh, and he was chasing a lie. Um, and so, like, yeah, he has his tragic backstory, but he was kind of a jerk the whole time. Like, bad things happened to him, but he it never they were never the things that made him go from, like, being a good person to being a bad person. Um and so I, I I appreciate that he he just sucks he just sucks as a human. <laughs> um, there is no good Tezzeret to go back to. There is no good Tezzeret that we can redeem him to. He just sucks, and so he's just allowed to suck and be awful. Um, and I think that juxtaposed to Liliana being like. Yeah, I'll do good things, but it's not always for good reasons and I don't always use good methods and I'm like functionally heroic, but heroism isn't who I am or necessarily my goal as as like Kian puts it. It's mm-hmm. like hero hero was never the thing you were aspiring to, Liliana. You're you're just not that person. Uh, and and I think that's good, interesting tension with uh, the way she's thought about her own life after Gideon's sacrifice, and and trying to take things from that and apply them to herself um, as as kind of um, a way to settle that guilt. And so we we have the villain who knows he's a villain and the hero who doesn't believe she's a hero and really isn't trying to be a hero, um, but, like, sort of is. The Lily tes- the Liliana stuff just gets to be, like, really petty and, like, really raw and savage in that kind of way, and I really enjoy it. They,
1: they make excellent enemies, mm-hmm. like,
0: mm-hmm. in a way
1: that a lot of others don't because of that fact that, like, Tesseret knows he's evil, kind of. And Liliana isn't afraid to do really bad things. But, like, they have opposite motivations. And that's what makes them interesting enemies. Where, like, Liliana wants to save the multiverse. She does, in her own way. Uh, and so she'll do whatever she needs to make that happen. Even if she does kind of, you know, come off as a villain. Uh, the way that she... <laughs> Heroes don't typically wrap up their enemies in spider webs from undead spiders and, like, trap them underground for an indeterminate amount of time uh, till they learn a lesson. That's not typically a hero thing to do.
0: I mean, we can talk about Mr. Mm-hmm. Fantastic's prison that he built.
1: Okay, I will uh, assert right now the hot take <laughs> that Mr. Fantastic is not a hero. Uh and is, for the most part, in most of the Marvel that I've read, Mr. Fantastic is, like, a villain.
0: <laughs> He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, uh, legit really liked uh, John Krasinski's version of him in uh, Multiverse of Madness.
1: Uh, yeah. What
0: a dick. <laughs> Got exactly uh, what he deserved. Hank Pym, too. Hank Pym, the, MCU, the MCU has done fantastic with Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who has sucked in, like, all the comics. And they're like, instead of making him, like, a decent guy, we're gonna make sure that he continues to be this kind of bastard scientist man. While, a uh, goofy Scott Lang gets to to be, mm. be our head guy. Uh, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, I think one of the things I really like about Tezzeret and Liliana and, and their conflict is that, uh, you know... The Gideons of the world, uh, you know, the moralists will look at Liliana and Tezzeret and see them both as villains. Um, And Tezzeret will understand that he's seen as a villain and embrace it. And Liliana will understand that she's seen as a villain and be a little bit bitter about it, but also be accepting of it. While both Tezzeret and Liliana have like very different goals. Um, And I think that's great. Uh, and, and, like, we, we have Azona. Azona is great and wonderful. She is... Definitely falls into the young and naive category. Um, and what's really fun about young and naive characters is that they make shitloads of mistakes. And I love when characters fuck up. Because then they have a bunch of problems to solve. Because I like drama. Drama makes good stories. Um, and so we're watching Azona just... God, the you ever just come out of a block of ice and meet like the literal two worst people you could possibly meet <laughs>
1: <laughs> not not necessarily she did not meet Tybalt there could have been a Tybalt there
0: well okay but just like like you meet two people on either side of a fight and neither of them are good people for you to meet at this time uh and you kind of get screwed up because of that um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what happens with her in the future of the comics. Uh, like, Hey, is there a point where she realizes she's doing terrible things? Is, does she pivot to full villain? Uh, I, I am very curious what space, uh, Zona is going to occupy in the future of the comics. Does she just get killed? I don't know. Um, I'm excited to learn. I want to <laughs> see more of her. She's fun. She has good visuals,
1: so, so uh sometime I think next year or like it's gotta be like next year, uh, we are getting a one-shot comic about Nahiri. And uh, I
0: think it's like December.
1: December, maybe. Um yeah. I would love to see Nahiri and Izona meet up because like if she's gonna get her little like you know collector's sheet of uh planeswalkers who are villains but have a conflicted point of view when it comes to that. I uh-huh. think Nahiri is like the third stamp she needs. The the, the planeswalker who does uh-huh. not think she's a villain, uh, does not want to be seen as a villain, but sure has done some villainous things.
0: All right, and Nahiri is the people look at her and see a villain and Nahiri knows in her heart that she's a hero. Oops. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Izona and Nahiri can meet up, hashtag WHW, white-haired walkers. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that would, I think visually it would be a little confusing, but also, uh-huh. like, uh, I do think it would be really cool to, like, see, you know, Azona's whole thing is she's a looking glass, so, like, she does mirror whoever she's with in some ways, you know? Yeah, when, I, I really, really on she, a, yeah.
0: She is she's described in I think it was issue three in the part where Liliana's learning about the past, like Izona the looking glass is the uh-huh. epithet that that she had in that uh, panel. It was just very good. Um but like I I you know it it took us a long time to get a Dak Faden card and get, you know, Dak Faden into the main Magic story. Um and well like the Dak Faden comics intentionally Played in a space where they were canon with the card sets. It still like was separate enough that nothing Dac did mattered to the main canon storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, literally until War of the Spark, which was years after his comic got canceled. Uh, and so, like, if Azona ever makes the jump to appear in, um, the the card game canon, um you know, I, I'd be psyched for that. I like her power set. I think it would be interesting to see how that would exist on a card, how she would exist as a person. Um, you know, what the card game narratives would do with her. Um, you know, new characters are interesting because they don't have a lot developed yet. And I like to see where those kinds of developments go.
1: I will say when, uh, when the comics were coming out and Azona was first like revealed and we learned who she was and what her powers were, uh, there was like a, a straight just day on the Discord server in our custom card section where we were just making Azona cards, trying to think like what would this character do as a planeswalker, uh, and like exploring what that could look like mechanically and thinking about like how would we want her to be reflected, uh, <laughs> pun intended. In the Ah. magic set. Uh, Because, like, she does have a really cool power set. Her power is other people's powers. If she doesn't have other people, she can't do anything.
0: So, like, yep, it was a fun little exercise. My my mind just jumped to the office space consultant interviews. What would you say you do here? (laughs) I think about more like a
1: job interview. Like, what is your greatest strength? Well, it's the strength of the other people here. And what is your greatest weakness? Also the weakness of the other people here.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: But uh, they were very good comics. Uh, I would love to read more by Mary Green Scott if uh, she wants to write any more magic comics. Um, I loved Liliana's characterization. Izona was great. Just an overall, like, wonderful piece of media. And also, thinking about this earlier... um, I have seen a lot of complaints about Tezzeret in like the Magic Canon storyline, where he's just always kind of like this side character and never really has like he's never really the main villain of a story in like mm-hmm. Magic Canon. Where like yeah, he's Bolus's underling, he's now Elish Norn's underling, and it's just like oh, he's always an underling. Well, you know, if you want to read a story where Tezzeret is the big bad, uh, you read the Boom comics, uh-huh. and it is. Very satisfying.
0: Yeah. Um in in card set canon, he's always the bridesmaid, but in the comics canon he gets to be the bride. And good for him. He's uh he's my male bride. He said yes to the vest.
1: Oh god. Alright. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if you too want to say yes to the vest.
0: No, that's uh... not what <laughs>
1: i guess we have to do final thoughts
0: Uh. that's not the segue and also yes we have to do final thoughts which we're gonna do now so i can talk about this freaking gigantic cyndaquil plush that i impulse bought last week and it's so big it's on it's on the pokemon center website it is like a full two feet tall it's as big as my torso it's bigger than my torso it's and it's so cuddly and it's like snuggling a human except it's a pokemon and it's soft and cuddly and i love it so much and i'm it makes it brings me joy i i long ago realized that uh i could i could get whiny about impulse spending and never be happy or i could just like have a good sense of my finances to the point where I can allow myself to, for these silly little acquisitions because life is short and the world is hell and I deserve to be happy. I'm snuggling it right now. It's wonderful. It's so, it's squishy. (laughs) It's good. Uh,
1: Speaking of impulse uh, purchases, I like last week uh, as of recording, I was just randomly messaged by like my best friend saying, hey, my friend cannot make it to this concert we were going to go to. Do you want to buy her ticket? And I was like, uh, yes, because I went and saw Florence and the Machine last night. And holy hell, uh, that is a live concert that I would want to see so many times. To- I want to go again. Like I, I want to see if I can get to another stop on this tour. It was incredible. Uh, so that's my final thought is uh, Florence and the Machine live. Absolutely religious experience. Sadly, I did not get to offer myself up as a human sacrifice. I was a little bit far back and the line didn't have the time to get there. But uh, it was really, really cool. And uh, live music is great. It was also outdoors, which was nice.
0: Wow. You got to see two bands, Florence and the Machine.
1: Uh, <laughs> So I did get to also see King Princess, which I never thought like I just... She was the opening act. And so I didn't think much of it. But King Princess is pretty cool. Rocks pretty hard. Um, but yeah, Florence and the Machine is just one band. And I think it's mostly just Florence.
0: I, I, I know <laughs> that 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 was. The bad joke. Uh, but if you also wanna rock hard, see there's a good segue. Uh, you can head <laughs> over to patreon.com slash the Vorthoscast and help support the show today. Everyone who does gets access to our Discord community where Vorthos is from around the world are eating up all these unfinity previews. And I don't I don't know if people know this, but uh we dangerously close to Brothers War preview season, which uh, god I so the rest of this are Brothers War, Phyrexia, Obi-Wan, and March of the Machine. Uh, Warthoses? Y'all gonna have a good time. Y'all gonna have a good time with these sets. Trust me. I'm very very excited. Um, and so if you want to be in a place to learn about the Brothers War and learn about all the amazing deep cuts uh, and and you know wh- whether you're a longtime fan and get to experience the story again, or you know you started playing Magic this year and just got interested in the lore and have no idea who Urza and Mishra are, or like a million of the other characters in the stories that didn't even have cards or whatever. Um, you know our, our server is a great place to talk with people from uh, you know every Vorthos uh, experience. Uh, we we are just people who love Magic lore. Uh, and we would love to have more, uh, more, more folks there. Um, you know, we, we can't keep the show running without y'all supporters. And we appreciate you uh, a whole lot. So thank you all <laughs> for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.